Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good morning. As if the Eagles Ooh. already didn't have you enough problems. That, Zubin. You got to feel that, Zubin. Zubin, we have you in the middle of the club you in the mosh pit getting hyped up. I would oh. mess up that hair in oh, the yeah, tea tree. Oh, yeah, we get him in there. <laughs> get the hair in the tea tree, just swaying it all the way around. Pour champagne on itself. <laughs> it's too early. Or are you guys just getting in? Is it too late? We just have to figure out which one we'll, it is. We'll, we're this, not in yet. Yeah, this is still, still yesterday, man. <laughs> Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive. Not yesterday, but the day before yesterday <laughs> was Tuesday when Brett Favre showed up on first take, the NFL legend. Um, and he essentially went on first take. And, you know, that show is full of great opinions. And uh, Brett, I would say gave an opinion that even knocked Stephen A. and Max out of their seat. He had the best opinion of the show when he essentially said, when it came right down to it, Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, of course we know, Wentz led them all the way to a brink of a Super Bowl, and Foles finished the job, and then the Eagles eventually chose Wentz, let Foles go. He ended up in Jacksonville and now in Chicago. Favre essentially said, you chose the wrong guy from the jump. After the Philly special happened, you should have just kept Nick Foles. So Doug Peterson, the Eagles head coach, and I should mention this, he was a longtime backup for Brett Favre in Green Bay. So he knows both sides of the equation here. He was a backup on two different stints Mm. in Green Bay, late 90s, and then the early aughts as well, all backing up Brett Favre, close personal relationship with Brett. Obviously, got to protect my guy, Carson Wentz, because we made that call. So he's got to straddle both sides of the fence. And the Philly media just went in on him, not once, not twice, but three different times on this very question, did you pick the right guy? Mm. Let's listen to the first time Doug Peterson was asked about if they picked the right guy when compared to Favre's comments. Doug, uh, Brett Favre uh, offered the opinion yesterday that you guys should have kept Nick Foles over Carson Wentz, and you know his his comments arguably offer you know have a little bit more weight since you guys are tight. Uh, just curious, what your reaction to to his comments are? I uh, I respect uh, Brett's opinion. You know, I mean, yeah, we are friends, but um, I haven't I haven't talked to him, and and he's entitled to that, and uh, um, that's about it. Okay. Then he got a little testy. Then there was a second question. And then he was asked for the third time, and he finally said what the Eagles eventually did. Carson's our guy. Carson's our draft pick. Carson's the guy that uh, is going to carry us and and lead this football team. And, And listen... Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Those aren't those aren't my words. Those aren't Howie's words, Jeffrey's words. Those are his words. I mean that I respect that opinion. Whatever he wants to say, that that's fine. And we're gonna remain friends. It doesn't doesn't bother me one way or the other. All I know is that Carson Wentz is our guy. Again, I respect his opinion and his words. Those aren't mine. Please don't put words in my mouth or we're gonna have a problem. And and um, Carson's our guy. Howie Bottom is line. Ha- end of story. Howie is Howie Roseman, executive vice president of the Eagles. Jeffrey is Jeffrey Lurie, who is the owner of the Eagles. Just wanted to set that up. All right, fellas, it took three questions, but they got him going. Well, don't get contentious with the media. Answer the question the same way every single time. Wentz is our guy. Second time, Wentz is our guy. Third time, Wentz is our guy. I don't know what else you guys need from me. There's no need to become emotional I mean, Nick Foles is like a watered-down version of Robert Ory, okay? (laughs) You bring him in to win a game, but that doesn't mean that you give him a major contract and you make him your star player the next year. Like, I actually agree with them doubling down on Carson Wentz. Now, has it panned out? No, but it was the right move. I just sometimes, it gets me so frustrated with the way Doug Peterson handles situations 
Philadelphia media, do your thing. Ask the question over yeah. and over and yeah. over again. But we're part of the media. We get that we yeah. have to do our jobs. Poke the bear. But we're also been on the other side of the media where I'm going to answer the question the yeah. same way every time. You're not going to get emotion out of me. See, what, what I want, see, see I'm, I'm a little different because I want some emotion because this was an opportunity for him to back his guy. Mm. Like, just think, Wentz is listening, right? This is a way to galvanize the troops. I'm going to say, listen, Brett Favre, yeah, listen, I would have came that far. Like, listen, he kept saying, oh, I respect the guy. He has been. No, you don't have the right to come and talk about what's in my locker room. Don't talk about my organization. It ain't your place. You know what I'm saying? I would have went at him. Like, you know what, Bet Favor? What we need you to do is two things. We don't need you in front of mics, and we don't need you around cameras. How about Uh-oh. that? Uh-oh, you went to the camera. I'm going to go to the camera, man. Let's send a pick. And so we don't need a thousand or don't send right a pick now. is yeah. more like don't it. send. Don't send. Don't send. Well, who's, press, that? who's that? Don't her, press her send. Words. Don't press don't send. Don't press send. Yes. Brett don't, don't, Brett, don't press send. How about that? And don't press send on your Twitter account to send this. This is a public service announcement. For those of you too young to remember this, when Brett Favre was drafted, the NFL commissioner, Paul Tagulibu, went up to the podium and announced his name as Brett Favor. <laughs> yes, Bart obviously knows who Brett Favre is. In the interest <laughs> of equal time, I do want to mention Carson Wentz did respond with the obvious pretty blah statement. But as Jay said, you got to be the CEO, or I think, Bart, you said that this morning. Yep. you got to just say the right things. This is Wentz himself on all of the controversy, essentially addressing the fact that Favre thinks that he shouldn't be on the Eagles. He should be playing quarterback somewhere else. Quote, at the end of the day, it's really whatever. Everyone has their opinion, so I don't know. Thanks for the clarity. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Elway's better. You know what I mean? I'm tip easy. I'm a tip attack guy. I'm Elway's better. You know what I'm saying? You got to poke the bear, man. You want to come at me, I'm coming at you, man. I'm an equal opportunity a-hole. No, it is. It, <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> you came in hot. It is interesting, though, when you think about friendships within the media, right? So if Doug and Brett are friends, do you think, do you think Doug got a call that Brett said this? Hey, by the way. I said this, it may have put you in an interesting predicament. I know you'll probably have to answer questions about this. I actually want to provide some context to you. I only say that because I got caught. Look, one thing I love about this show, we're always real, right? So I ran with some information that I thought was factual. I, I sent out a text to Kevin Durant about this. Didn't get a response to him later. I had to retract that statement. But I had a relationship to go back and talk that stuff through. So I wonder if you're really friends with somebody, do you think Doug really had context, or do you think we're just labeling that as friends? Because yeah. that felt more like a shot from Brett Favre at the Eagles, Eagles organization and Doug Peterson more so than a friendly comment made about a team. They're teammates. I don't know. I mean, it's, see, we use friends so loosely around. And you understand that. The people that you really – how many people you really keep stay in contact with from your playing days? And you realize we were just associates, and our life was on the same – on the same schedule, so but there's we still that there, there's still that respect there right. though. There's that if, if you hold yourself to a moral standard, yeah. you have that respect with your teammates, especially if you guys have won games together. Yeah, yeah. In, yeah instead of going to the Shell Pennzoil performance line, let's go right to Bristol, Connecticut. Our resident Eagles fan, Pat Costello, who works Ooh. as hard as anybody. <laughs> Behind the scenes on the show is a hardcore Eagles fan. I don't think I've actually met anybody but a hardcore. There's no casual Eagle fans. They're all hardcore, <laughs> ready to go. All right, Pat, we're going to wind you up. Three, two, silent one, go. Zubin, this made me so angry when I heard this statement from Doug Peterson because it was so, like Jay said, it was so easy. All he had to do was laugh it off and say, Carson's our guy. I'm not even going to answer that question. Jerry Jones got this right the other day. Jerry Jones, who was fully incompetent as a general manager of the Cowboys half the time, got this right with Dak Prescott saying, I'm not even going to answer questions about drafting a quarterback because he's our guy. It took you three times. What you guys didn't hear is the question on the third time started with, 
I'm going to ask you this for a third time because I don't want anyone to get misconstrued about this. And that's what it took for you to answer that Carson is our guy. It's completely ridiculous. And Doug Peterson is the most infuriating coach in the NFL. End of rant. Indeed. Okay, so now you're going to hang up and listen. First time, long time. Thanks for doing it. Pat from Manionk or South Philly or whatever the case would be. He's going to take our thoughts off the air. Okay, he's going to take our thoughts off the air. Nick Nick Foles didn't beat out Mitchell Trubisky. Or Minshew. Or Minshew. He didn't beat out either one of these guys. He had ample opportunity to beat them both out, did not succeed. But now Brett Favre is going to say that Nick Foles should have stayed. And he was on $88 million contract. He was on $88 million contract. Oh, my goodness. And lost his job to a dude and cut off Lee Dunkaroo shorts. That would be Gardner Minshew. You remember that era with Jacksonville as charmed of a life as he had in Philly at the end. The first game he had with Jacksonville, he had the collarbone injury. It was never the same. And obviously now he's in Chicago and the man wearing jorts for the moment is starting for the Jacksonville Jaguars. (laughs) Jorts. Still to come, should the college football playoff be A, pushed back, B, expanded, C, put in a bubble, or D, all of the above? Paul Feinbaum answers all of that after this. Answer so many questions in my SAT with D, all the above. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Already this week, uh, we have seen countless games postponed, and now we have this. Maryland will pause activities, thus canceling the Ohio State game for this weekend. Uh, That's the number three team in the country. The number one team out, the number three team out, the number five team out, and then you have uh, two more in the top 25. This has been a bad week. It's been a really bad week. Those are the words of Paul Feinbaum, who will join us here in one second on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Paul and everybody else on the Shell Pennzoil performance line this morning. Bart Scott, the 11-year NFL vet, is in for Key. Real quick. Praying for you, Key. 
What's that? <laughs> I'm praying for you, Key. Turf toe. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, Key back tomorrow. He's on the Key Jay Z injured list, retroactive to a couple of days ago uh, with a foot injury. So, the top six teams in the country have all been affected. Alabama had the Saban thing. Notre Dame had the super spreader event, possibly after Saturday night. They had an outbreak. Ohio State's game with Maryland has been canceled because Maryland has an outbreak. Clemson had Trevor Lawrence. Texas A&M's game is off this week. And Florida had to pause the program and Dan Mullen got coronavirus. That's teams one, two, three, four, five, six. Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson, Texas A&M, Florida, all Affected. Let's go to the Shell Pennzoil performance line to welcome in Paul Feinbaum. He said it was a bad week, and that obviously proves it. Paul, right before the break, we were speculating on the possibility of a playoff bubble, playoff expansion. In your opinion, having covered this sport for 40 years, what does this sport need to do moving forward here in the next few weeks to make sure a champion can get crowned? They need to pray, Zubin, because right now the college football season like a lot of things in our lives, are, are, are in peril. And the problem for college football is they can't change the future. They're not prepared to do a bubble. They will not change the calendar. And they are not going to budge from, everything, from anything and everything that they have scheduled. And, and you know that. You've covered this sport as well. Nobody's covered it as long as I have. But <laughs> these are not people that, that really care about anything other than what they have already decided to do. That's why they took forever uh, to go to a playoff. And that's why they'll take uh, even longer to expand the playoffs. So when you talk to them about moving things back, they, they will not listen. And there's a, there are a lot of reasons, but it starts with January 1st being the Rose Bowl at 4 o'clock on, on ESPN. Uh, that's, that's immovable. It's just not something that uh, will ever change because that's the way it's always been. And that's part of the problem with college football, as you well know. Paul, why, why did the Big Ten not move away from divisions? We saw the ACC do that. I mean, you could have a situation right now where if Ohio State misses another game or two, Indiana will come out and play in a Big Ten championship game. Jay, <laughs> why does the Big Ten do anything uh, uh, right? I mean, because they don't. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure it, it's a good question, and they're going to have to adjust. This is uh, cont- contrary to what I just got through saying. The, the Big Ten may be faced in, in a situation where uh, they're, they're stuck with, without getting Ohio State in the championship game. And it's worth remembering. The whole reason they came back wasn't to satisfy Maryland or Rutgers or Indiana or Penn State. It was all about Ohio State. Ohio State had a legitimate shot at winning the national championship, so they had to figure out a way to give the Buckeyes that opportunity. So that's where they are. I'm, I, I'm guessing, always difficult to do, but they'll figure out a way to, to, to move the goalposts a little bit to help them out because the Big Ten does not want Indiana uh, as, as representing that side in the Big Ten championship game while Ohio State sitting at home doing nothing. That's, that will not happen. Well, you talk about moving the goalposts, and you also said that the you know, college football is always slow to adjust. But when you talk about you know, one thing that college football always moves the needle is money. So I don't understand why they don't, won't expand the pool and use the draft. <laughs> you, you use all the bowl games as a qualifier to be in the Final Four because how can you really explain not letting BYU in if they go undefeated and you look at you know, a team like Ohio State that may only have seven wins, BYU is already there. So you know, be able to let them you know, answer the question who's the best team on the field but use the bowl games as qualifiers for the Final Four playoffs. 
Bart, you raise a great point, and I, I, I will not answer the same. I, I will not answer your question the same way I already have because it, it would be repetitive. Um, but college football takes care of its own, uh, and you can compare it to anything in society that that, that this explanation fits. But but it's it's very antediluvian in their approach. Uh, they're, they're, they they do not have much bend. I mean, this was the one year. The one year where they should have said, you know what, everything's different. Let's let's do a one-off. They've done that with uh, with, with scholarships. They've done that with eligibility. Uh, and this was this was the one time where they should have opened the door and let everyone else in in, in the house. But they didn't uh, because uh, I mean I interviewed the head of the, the 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 college football playoff committee from March until recently, and and even as the world was coming apart in March and April. Uh, this man was saying, well, we're, we're still scheduled to go off on January 9th in Miami. I mean, th- there's no budge with these people. And, 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 and I, I wish I could give you a better explanation, but I can't, other than the fact that they're very stubborn people. Paul, do teams like Cincinnati or BYU even have a shot? <laughs> Truthfully, no. Uh, but Why play them, Paul? As good as Cincinnati is and as – why play? Uh, well, because it, it, with only, uh, the pro- you're right, Jay. With only four with only four teams in, I mean, we're talking primarily about uh, you know, will will there be two from the ACC, Notre Dame or Clemson? Will there be two from the the, the SEC? Uh, if Alabama loses, is it is it Alabama and Florida? And we'll leave out good schools like BYU. You're right. Uh, Luke Fickle's done a phenomenal job at Cincinnati, but there's simply no room, and and that's why expanding this. One year only would have at least uh, answered that question, but uh, the, the, the argument is going to be that their schedule does not suffice. I, I, I you know, I haven't, I haven't measured it because we have, we don't even know what we're going to, what it's going to look like at the end of the year uh, right now with all these games being scrapped. But it's a really good point, and, and uh, that's the best I can do. I know, I know, I'm sounding like I'm, I'm, I'm a spokesman for the CFP, which I'm not, nor will I ever be. <laughs> no, but. Uh... You and Bill Hancock are both uh, follically challenged. Can I say that, Paul? Can oh, I say that's cold. That? <laughs> yeah, don't take a shot at Paul. Come on, leave Paul alone. Boy, pot calling Kevin I mean, Black. I, I, Zubin, I just got through. I just got through watching you a minute ago. I mean, you're you're coming after me with my hair. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll be there soon enough. One thing I should quickly mention on the BYU note that was a really, that was a really good zinger by the way that's supposed to be a walk off moment but I should mention here real quick you mentioning BYU and the SEC and all these other leagues they're thinking about how can we crash course so many games in we don't have enough weeks we have too many games BYU is just the opposite they played against Boise State right. last week they're not going to play again until the 21st so that's 15 days off between the Boise State game and their next game and believe it or not they have 22 days off between their penultimate game <laughs> And their last game. So while certain teams are just dying to play and figure out how to do it, BYU is just sitting there and waiting. It's the other side of the schedule equation. Paul, we'll see you at 3 p.m. Eastern, as always, on the SEC Network. Thank you so much. Thanks, Paul. Enjoyed it, guys. Thank you. He's the best. And he got me. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin coming to you live from above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. Okay, so Paul said the expansion of the playoff is not going to happen. Every piece no sense. Every piece of evidence says that uh, they're not going to budge. Paul essentially said they're not going to budge. New Year's Day is a day for college football. The ratings have always shown, fellas, that even if you play it just 24 hours before, what's the big deal? It's just 24 hours. If you play it on New Year's Eve, 
most of America is going to choose, not that people are going out this year, I don't think Times Square is going to be packed, most people will choose getting together with a small group of people on New Year's Eve and saying, you know what, I'll just watch the championship game on the 11th, I don't need to watch the playoff, New Year's Eve is once a year, I'm going to celebrate, especially this year with everything that's going on, so holding it on January 1 is absolutely, positively firm, should it be that way, and why not expand the playoff? Listen, I, I for like, one year, I feel like I'm like this Groundhog Day, and, and, I'm, and I'm and I'm and I'm repeating myself. You know, every time we talk about this, this was the year to do it because this is the year you can say, listen, we're going to fly the weather kite, we're going to see how this works, and we're going to get all the markets. Just imagine how many markets you can have still involved and still interested and invested in what their teams are doing. We had an opportunity to maybe have a Cinderella team. Could BYU be a Cinderella team? Could Cincinnati be a Cinderella team? Yo, you finally get the answer, get it on the court, and then this is something that you can start to worry about or think about going forward. Like, man, it worked out. Look at the ratings. And now you have the weather kind up there, and now you've done this experiment, and they're saying going forward, this is something that we may want to implement because look at the revenue that we're able to generate because we had multiple you know, media you know, outlets and, and markets still involved and still engaged in, 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 in football late in the season. So I don't understand it. Zuby, you know why I love my iPhone? Tell me. Because the iOS gets updated all the time. There's always a new system. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. wow, that, that looks smoother. Oh, that, that seems like an easy transition. Yeah. I do not understand why the best time to update the iOS for the NCAA yeah. or for CFB, college football, CFP, excuse me, the playoffs. Why wouldn't you do that? I had the same qualm with the NBA, yeah. with the playoffs. Like, just – See the best teams, 1 through 16. Yeah. If there's a year to do it, you have an asterisk next to this year. Well, the caveat is we were going through a pandemic. We had to make the best possible scenario work out. We want to do it for television ratings. Why not the same for college football playoffs? Why not the same for the bowl games? And, yes, you should move it back. I know you want to hold firm on that date. But I don't think people are going out like that a lot right. now anyway. Anyway. So if you move it down a little bit or move it back even if a week or two, you know what you do, Zubin? You give yourself wiggle room yes. in case something happens in a year where we've learned to expect the unexpected. I think I mean, we had, we, I, through week 11 of CFB season, 48 of 406 games involving FBS teams on the schedule, that's 12% have been either postponed or canceled. It's a pretty big sample size. You should probably prepare for something like that to happen, right. knowing that you knew it was going to happen because you have built-in bye weeks. Yeah. Right? That's what certain leagues did, unless you're the Big Ten or the Pac-12 that got started late. Why not do the same with the college football playoffs? It just makes oh, yeah. sense. But you know what? I've learned not to expect these conferences or the NCAA to make sense anymore. See, but I, I think that's, that's the new norm for me, from somebody who's been in this industry for 13 years now. But the thing we know that they that they respond to is the money. This is an opportunity to generate more money because now these games mean something more and people love championships. I mean, I'm watching Mac football yesterday. People love football. And the most passionate fan base is usually the college fans. You know, they'll watch anything with their team on, especially if it means something. So I don't understand why they can't just pivot, why they can't be flexible. Why can't they be fluid with this thing and figure it out on the run? I mean, they're supposed to be smart people, right? Why can't you just say, let's utilize these bowl games. Let's make those qualifiers. We don't have to change our system for the Final Four, but the way we get to the Final Four is the way we can make up some of these games in which we miss because Ohio State's going to miss games. Wisconsin hasn't you know, won any games. This is a way to get the representation, get the best players and the best teams out there. How are you going to evaluate Ohio State with three, with three games played? 
right? The eye test is it the eye test or is it, it was the fan base and the media and, and the TV market that comes with them. So now you're saying fans, you know, it's supposed to be fair and, 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 and BYU may have a legitimate gripe. Uh, Cincinnati may have a legitimate gripe, but then you're telling them that they did everything right, but they still don't qualify when the, when Ohio state hasn't proven it, but you're going off of what they used to be or what they represent, not what they are and what they are this year. So speaking of Ohio state, and I, I think one of Paul's best comments is he's, he said, I would be shocked that the Big Ten didn't find a way to have Ohio State in the championship game. Right. In the Big Ten championship. So, Deserving hypothetically, Ohio State misses this week's game against Maryland. Indiana plays. Indiana goes to 4-0. Let's say something happens with Indiana next week. Ohio State then misses two games. Indiana's still up 4-0. And Indiana could end up winning that division. That's why I would also say with the pandemic, the pandemic should have just told all these conferences, this is a year we're not doing divisions. Like the ACC did, there's yeah. no division in ACC. We want the best two teams to represent our conference in the conference championship. Right. I feel like the Big Ten missed the ball drastically on this one as well. Last note on the Big Ten with Wisconsin. Think about this. They opened Dropped the, the ball, season. not missed the ball. Excuse me. You know what I mean. I got you. Wisconsin opened the season October 23rd, the first Friday night, the very first day of the Big Ten season. They have not played since. Wow. They played October 23rd. They played week one. Hey, man, they undefeated. They deserve being in, in, in the championship game. They have not. They're 1 0. Meanwhile, Northwestern's at 3 0, and they're at the top of that division. And so is Purdue at 3 0. And Nebraska and Penn State are 0 3. What kind of world are we living in? Still to come, yesterday, Bart proclaimed this might be it for Bill Belichick in New England. What is a former <laughs> Patriot that played for Bill think of that? The answer on the way after SportsCenter. Oh, really? Good morning. I'm Zubin Mahenti here with your Sports Center update. The Masters is underway. Bryson DeChambeau, the betting favorite, is about to tee off in two minutes. You can watch all the early action on ESPN. Plus, Tiger tees off at 7.55 a.m. Eastern with the 2019 U.S. Amateur Champion Andrew Ogletree and the great Irishman Shane Lowry, a major winner himself. The coverage will shift to ESPN television at 1 Eastern. We'll have an encore presentation tonight if you're at work and can't catch the golf. No, I don't think. (laughs) That's just a guess. I can't confirm that, though. I can confirm this. We have our Cy Young Award winners, Trevor Bauer and Shane Bieber. Shane Bieber, the Indians ace, became the first pitcher to win a Cy Young unanimously since Clayton Kershaw back in 2014 and the first in the AL to turn the trick unanimously since Justin Verlander in 2011. Trevor Bauer became the first pitcher in Reds history to win a Cy Young Award. Of course, Bauer, a former Indians pitcher, Himself, and as Paul mentioned, and as Jay just reiterated, Ohio State's game with Maryland this weekend has been canceled. They're calling it a, quote, no contest, but there's absolutely no makeup date here. They can't. There's no wiggle room. There's no bye weeks. So Ohio State is affected here. The reason the game was canceled is because actually eight Terps have tested positive here over the last seven days. So that game is officially off the books. And SportsCenter is presented by Progressive Insurance. Commercial insurance through Progressive protects your business and your dream. Choose from over 30 coverage options at ProgressiveCommercial.com. I can see Bill Belichick pulling a Phil Jackson and being the general manager for the New York football Giants. I will be shocked if Bill Belichick doesn't coach another five years. And maybe more than that. If he leaves after this year, I don't see that as retiring. I don't see that as resigning. I see that as quitting. 
I got to be honest with you. I'm with the latter. That was Ryan Clark. I can't see a walk-off scenario. The entire conversation started with Bart Scott's comments that you heard. Greeny there in the middle weighing in as well. It's a juicy topic and one we hadn't really thought about since Bart brought it to the table yesterday. And for more on this, (laughs) indeed you are. Making news, Bart. Let's go to the Shell Benzoil performance line and welcome in Damian Woody, a two-time Super Bowl champion. My neighbor. What up, D-Wood? In New Jersey, in the woods of New Jersey. Pastoral New Jersey, and he joins us. Damian, good morning. I know you played, of course, for Bill Belichick, and now you're hearing Bart say this could be a possible walk scenario for Bill after this year. What do you make of that statement from Bart? In the words of Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend, okay? <laughs> Listen, I, I, the one thing about Bill, you got to understand the situation that the Patriots are in right now. Obviously, Tom Brady moved on to Tampa Bay. All right, a lot of guys opted out. You know, due to COVID, or especially on the defense side of the football, they're going to be in a position where they where they haven't been in probably 20 years. You know, before the Tom Brady era, they're going to be drafting pretty high, not at the bottom of the first round. So they're going to have some. They're going to have premium draft picks. They're also going to have New England's going to have, I think, like the third highest cap space in the National Football League. We know the cap is going down. Okay, this offseason. So there's going to be a lot of teams that's going to be stuck in the in a in a tight situation. A lot of players that you know we didn't see uh, that we wouldn't expect in free agency. They're going to be they're going to be on the open market, and Bill's going to be right there in the thick of things, ready to make his move. So, listen, there's no way in hell that Tom Brady goes on to uh, Tampa Bay and, and and making things happen down there, and Bill is just going to be like, you know what, I'm just going to retire. Man has. Man has an ego just like everyone else. Bills, Bills can coach probably another 10-plus years if he want to. I don't see a scenario where Bill Belichick just gives it up after this year. No, listen, D. Wood, just so we can put it in context, what I'm trying to say is mm-hmm. that, you know, this is an opportunity maybe for him to do something that he's all – I believe that he's always wanted to do. I think that he has a love mm-hmm. and a passion for the New York Giants and that he would love to go mm-hmm. there and maybe help and maybe step back a little bit. He's 68 years old. Maybe he wants to be a general mm-hmm. manager like his, like his mentor, Bill Parcells, did later in his career, start mm-hmm. buying the groceries and letting somebody else make the meal. At what point is he going to look Josh McDaniels, who turned down a head coaching job for the coach, and look him in the face and say, I'm going to give you my world, and then when is he going to finally give it to him? Because it looks like he's just got him in a holding pattern, and at some point you got to move on and give this young man an opportunity to be a coach. He came back because he trusted you and he believed you, and he thought that he was the future head coach of the Patriots. This is a perfect time to maybe set him up right, right? Because he's going to have draft space. He's going to have a high draft pick, the opportunity to maybe take Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, or Trey Lance. He's going to have an opportunity to get – his franchise quarterback and do it his way. And you can mentor him, but he it may be better for him to ride off into the sunset. Maybe not this season or the next, but maybe, you know, in the next two years, I can see Bill maybe want to do something a little different and allow, you know, McDaniels to, to do what he said he was going to do, be a head coach in this league. Well, listen, I, I think you you I think you bring up a, a great point in, in, in that Bill Belichick, he loves the New York football giants. Anyone that's been around Coach Belichick for any amount of time, He's talked about his time with the New York Giants, particularly Lawrence Lawrence Taylor and all the defensive guys. He just he has an affinity for that organization. So, listen, I would never put it out of the realm of possibility that something like that could possibly happen. I'm just saying that you know from Bill, from Bill Belichick's perspective, the work is not done in New England. You know, I just don't see a scenario where he leaves the organization. You know, especially after this year, where, where you know most people will look at. You know, the work of the Patriots is a down year. 
Um, when they have the cap space, they're going to, you know, hopefully we will, you know, be beyond the pandemic at some point next year. Um, so the Patriots is going to be on the rebound. So I just can't see it next year, but maybe at some point, you know, down the road that I could see him moving, you know, possibly moving to a upper management spot with the with the New York football giants. D. Wood, let me take you from the AFC East to the AFC North to the Baltimore Ravens. When you hear Lamar Jackson confide in Rich Eisen on his show saying, when I get to the line of scrimmage, they're calling out the plays that I <laughs> before mm. I even get there. What does that what does that mean to you? Mm, it looks like they're look listen, when when people start calling out your plays, you look like your 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 formation of things are too predictable um you know i always say when, when lamar jackson came in came into the uh, came into the mix and they and the baltimore ravens brought out this 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 uh this whole new offense it was almost like playing the service academy in college and bart would know what i'm talking about yeah. you you go week to week to week playing these traditional type of teams and all of a sudden you run against a service academy that runs something totally um against what you're used to it catches you off guard well guess what now t- now teams have started to see this Baltimore Ravens offense quite a few times and people starting to zero in and pinpoint on what exactly they're doing and about formations and all the little things that, that, uh, that, that gives you tips. So maybe the coaching staff, they need to change up formations or, you know, personnel groupings, because if you got guys, t- you know, tipping you, you know, being tipped off, then that's on coaching more so than anything else. Here's the problem, D. Wood, right? And I compare their offense to the Wildcat. There's basically just a Wildcat with a, qu- a real quarterback at the quarterback position, not Ronnie Brown. But the bigger indictment to me isn't on Lamar Jackson. It's on the fact that the Ravens – remember when we had Sanchez, right? And Rex thought that, hey, we need to keep improving the defense. You know, and, and drafting Quentin Copels and drafting, you know, um, you know, all the other guys, right? But he didn't understand you make the defense better by making the offense better. And he kept going on and getting all these shiny pieces for the defense, but not understanding that he got to get put some pieces on the offense. So when I look at the Ravens and I look at how they're constructed, Calais Campbell, probably over $100 million, Brandon Williams, Derek Wolf, Yannick Ngakwe, right? You look at Judon, he, he's making $15 million. They just gave Marlon Humphreys um, $90 million. You know, Marcus Peters signed him last year. Jimmy Smith's making like $10 million. All their equity and all their money is spent on the defensive side of the ball. And then guess what's left over for Lamar Jackson? He gets Willie Sneed, the great Willie Sneed, the fifth receiver for Drew Brees, and he gets Hollywood Brown. Those two combined wouldn't make the top 40 wide receiver list. So now teams can just stack the box knowing that the guys out there, when I put my number one lockdown corner, which every team has a lockdown corner because that's, that's how games are won, the dude is like, man, I got Willie Sneed. Oh, man, I'm taking this week off. Well, listen. I think that's something you something you brought up that that's been brought up before. The lack of weapons on the outside, outside the numbers. You know, any young quarterback. Obviously, the Baltimore Ravens they have tight ends, which is great. They got running game and got tight ends that can work the middle of the field. But at the end of the day, you still need to have a guy on the outside that can give you chunk plays, because as you know, it is very hard to have. 10, 12-play drives in the National Football League. It's very hard. This is an offensive league that we're in, high scoring. And part of that is you need explosive players that play on the outside, and that's the one deficiency that the Baltimore Ravens have on the offensive side of the ball. 
There's no question about it. I know most of you are listening on the radio, but if you're watching on TV, I can literally tell you Damien has been backed into a corner and he yeah. came out swinging. <laughs> I am, literally. Most people think I'm, a, I'm in the bathroom or something like that, but my, kid, my kids got me trapped, man. So this, this is where I hang out at. D-Wood, you've been on both sides, so you know for Bill Belichick that New York's a much better place to live anyway. Yeah, your cold just got right, stripped listen, from Boston. I, yeah, <laughs> well, listen. I've been living in this area for for quite some time, man. So I can I can attest about this area. They are neighbors, Bart and Damien. Always great to have Damien on the show. Damien, thank you so much. All right, D. All right, all right. Appreciate it, guys. You got it. He appeared on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line, brought to you by Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. One quick note: play has been suspended at Augusta National at Round One of the Masters because of lightning and inclement weather. We should mention. Come that- on, 2020. <laughs> right. Get it together. I was hoping to see Happy Gilmore, man. Timbo, man. I want to see him hit it. We're hit not going to see ball. anything at the moment. Uh, there is uh, scheduled rain in the forecast every day through Sunday, though the huh. chances are diminishing, but they knew this was going to be a possibility. Well. Right now, play has been suspended at Augusta. <laughs> On the way, take it or shake it, timely for tonight. Is this the last start Philip Rivers makes in his NFL career? We'll talk about it next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. So this is Key's classic game that he brought with him when he was a local host at our station, 710 ESPN in L.A., and he brought it to Key JNZ. Seems as easy as possible, right? Take it or shake it. I'll give you guys a subject. Either you take it, you're on board, or you shake it, and you're getting rid of it. Simply put, let's start with the NFL, something we discussed this morning with Brett Favre essentially saying the Eagles may have chosen the wrong guy. He says Foles over Wentz. Of course, the birds went the other way. So, fellas, take it or shake it. Jay, let's start with you. And then Bart on the back. Carson Wentz will finish his career with the Philadelphia Eagles. Take it or shake it. I'll go shake it. Shake it. I'll go shake it. I, I, I just think with the way this is trending, obviously they didn't make changes to that O-line, but if he keeps getting hit this way, injuries could be something you could worry about with him. I'm not sure Carson Wentz is a long-term answer, even though he got paid a big-time long-term deal. I'm going to shake it as well. Why? Where's the shake it? 
Well, typically, typically you only do it after the first person answers, okay. but that was key. But I like doing okay. it both. So yeah, absolutely. We'll change you know, it up. Keep that energy going. Um, listen, I, I say that he doesn't, and I say because they, they brought in Jalen Hurts. You know, and you talk about the RPO world. That's kind of where we are at. I think eventually he's going to price himself out. You know, and they're going to start over young because they're going to they're in a full rebuild, sixty four million dollars over the cap. They're going to start adding veteran players to start you know restructuring their contract, and they're going to start all over again. They 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 had their window, they won the Super Bowl. They're good there in Philadelphia. Let's go. No doubt. We mentioned keys with us in spirit, so we should say last week Wentz actually said uh, about Wentz. Key said Wentz would not finish his career. With the Eagles. There's about a 1% chance Key's up listening to this pray program. For, pray for, pray for <laughs> 1%, 0.05. You're pray, always pray up listening when you're pray not for here. Key. So Key says Wentz would not finish his career with the Eagles. Let's stay in the division. Alex Smith, who's going to start this week, huh. which is one of the great stories of the NFL season. Alex Smith will lead the Washington football team to the division title. Take it or shake it, Jay. Shake it! Shake it! I'm only saying shake it, and I want to see Alex Smith win more than anybody from somebody who's had to battle back through adversity, through injuries. I love seeing him in the field. I will say this, though. I still pray every snap that somebody does not hit Alex Smith the wrong way. Can the, can the Washington football team do it? Potentially, yes. I'm just not going to put a lot of faith in this unit, though. I'm going to take it. You're going to take, take it! it! I think Alex Smith is going to lead this team to the playoffs. Remember what he was. He, to me, right now, he's the best quarterback in the division. And this is a quarterback-driven league. So I think he's going to be that game manager that they need to be. They're going to lean on their defense. Riverboat Ryan's going to figure it out. He showed us a glimpse of what he's capable of last week. He just threw the, threw the three interceptions. But he led that team right up and down the field. He's a professional quarterback. The Washington football team will win the division. Do you it's get, 2020. Do you get worried about his durability, though? I, I do. Mean, that's but, a major but, but, question. But it don't matter. If he dies, he dies. It's one of oh, those things. No, no, no. He didn't die. He didn't die. I want to clarify. No, no, he's alive. No, when I, when I say that, like he's expendable, right? They have, the, they have Kyle Allen. They have Dwayne Haskins. He's a luxury, right? He's, okay. he's, he's extra. You know, so whatever happens to him, it's like, okay, go out there, do your thing, right? Because you don't expect him to have it for a long time. One, because of his age, and this is his swan song. He gets right off into the sunset. If he's able to lead this team to a divisional championship, come in full circle, being the, the, the comeback player of the year, I think that's a, that's a, that's a great career. That's a cherry on it's top. It's got to save you when you start towing that line. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know I'm a bitch line stepper. Yes. But I didn't literally mean die. I'm talking about a football death. You know we die two deaths. Zubin rolled his eyes. Right. You know right. we die Let's two Let's just stop deaths. saying die. Yeah, we're we, good. Die, we die two deaths. Next segment, right. Zubin. Let's go. <laughs> One quick note. Great piece in the Washington Post yesterday that said Smith starting is the best thing in the world for Dwayne Haskins because Smith has been known as one of the most diligent preparers in football. Mm. And for a guy that needs to learn better habits, this could actually be a blessing in disguise for Dwayne Haskins. The 2020 QB class, Haskins was a part of the previous class, Burra, Tua, Herbert, Joe, Tua, Justin. The 2020 class will be better then the 04 QB class, which consisted of Big Ben, Eli, and Philip Rivers, take it or shake it, this year's group will be better than that 04 group, which has several Lombardis. Bart, you go first in this yeah, one. Yeah, I'm going to shake that. Agree. Yeah, shake, yeah, it. shake it! Shake it. That, that's so disrespectful. Listen, I, what I'm saying is you talk about two Hall of Famers, well, three Hall of Famers, 
right? And four Super Bowl tr- trophies between those two, I mean, between those three. I mean, I think that the, that the class may be good, but listen, it is, listen, it's hard to, to have longevity in this league. I know now, nowadays you don't get hit the way you used to, but these guys are not built the same. You know I mean, these guys are built with, uh, with um, like, they, they, they're, they're soft, man. They, they, they don't make them like they used to. I can't even say it. What was better. the class again? 04 class was Eli, Big Ben, Phillip Rivers, also J.P. Lossman out of Tulane, probably coming in a distant fourth, yeah, just my opinion. That one. You could have kept that 2020 one. QB class, Burrow, Tua, Herbert. What do you think? I'm going to shake it. I'm going to shake it. it. I, you know, it's, I, I think that talent-wise, the talent with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert might be better in the long run, but talent doesn't always equate to winning Super Bowls, winning championships. That takes having the right leadership organizationally around you. Last one. We got to do this one. We mentioned it. Tonight will be Phillip Rivers' last start. I'm just going to put the period on the sentence. Tonight will be Phillip Rivers' last start in the NFL. Take Ooh. it or shake it. I, I shake it. Shake it. I shake it. it. I, 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 I think it will probably be his last start with the Colts, but I still think somebody's going to take a shot on Phillip Rivers. Well, if that's the case, then I would take it then because if, if you're going with Jay Will, going with Jay Will's uh, philosophy, somebody else is going to take a chance on him. No, they don't okay. because you got you got Cam Newton that's going to be available. You still you still have Jameis Winston that still has a future. Listen, we've seen enough of Philip Rivers. Ben Ben is the last one standing. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at six Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.